All right, how about hour number two on a Thursday? Western Conference Finals resumed tonight. Game two, can the Lakers steal one in Denver? Last night, Miami did steal one in Boston to start the Eastern Conference Finals. We've hit that. We've talked a little football. We'll get into some more of that discussion coming up. We should let you know round one of the PGA Championship is underway. The lead is minus three right now. Ryan Fox is at minus three, already through 15 holes. A couple of golfers at minus two include... Scotty Scheffler, for you Longhorn fans, he's looking good through 14 holes, although he did start on number 10, so I'll let you do that math. Other names you might care about, minus one for Justin Thomas and Bryson DeChambeau, Kepka even par, and Rory plus one. Ooh, and plus three through 12 for Jordan Spieth. That's not great. Plus three as well for John Rahm. We'll keep you updated there. PGA Championship up in New York this year. It is Chad and Zay on this Thursday. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. Coming up in an hour, we'll do the movie swap discussion. I had never seen Blue Chips, and Zay had never seen A Few Good Men. We will talk about both of those movies coming up. It's two very good movies for very different reasons. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I definitely wanted to get this guy's thoughts on it. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. We'll give them their love even though he's sitting right over there. Jeff Howe, Horns247.com, Longhorn Blitz podcast, Light the Tower as well. Yeah, that was my thought on it, too. I realized both those movies are watchable for very, very different, very different <laughs> very reasons. Very different reasons. You got Nicholson and Cruz, and you just go down the list. Kevin Bacon, like, all oh, these great, there's just a great cast and a few good men. And Blue Chips, it's it's Shaq and Penny, and you get some <laughs> foreshadowing, and... <laughs> Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte does a a, a decent uh, knockoff Bob Knight. So, uh-huh. yeah, I did read. I did my research that he actually hung out with Bob Knight to get ready for the role. Good oh, grief. And, yeah. and, and it comes it comes across. It, oh, we'll, we, we'll do the review later. Yeah. But wow, it says a lot. <laughs> it really does. It says a lot. It really hey, does. Before we get started, I got to ask you this, Zay. Do you? We talked about this conspiracy theory, and like Craig didn't want to have much to do with it. We moved on to PGA Championship or whatever. Do you buy into the urban legend at all, even believe there might be a kernel of truth to it, that Jimmy Butler is Michael Jordan's son? There's like a 10% part of me that says See, I'm in like I'm in like that 5 thing. to 8% range, and I'm like, I'm not going to completely dismiss this. Okay, wait a second. Are you telling me there's actually some people who believe it's a real thing? Yes, people I thought, go, I thought it was just a compliment. No, you go down like Reddit rabbit holes, and there are people that have like, the conspiracy theorists have connected the dots. And it, it it's pl- it's pl- I'm saying it's plausible. I'm not saying I believe it, but it's plausible. Yeah, like Jordan was in Texas for a little bit and had a fling with somebody. And if you line that up with Jimmy's birthday, and then you line it up with like when Jimmy's mom kicked him out of the house, with when MJ said he stopped allegedly stopped paying a, a baby mama child support. It, there's a lot of Ooh. things that line up together. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> So that thirty-five or what the thirty-five, five and five, it might have literally come naturally. Is what we're saying. Son of MJ. Good grief, that's kind of crazy. Uh, all right, so we'll start it with a little conspiracy theory. Nothing wrong with that. Um, the other thing I-, I thought would be good to start with here, with Jeff in the studio, is a happy birthday. We have not said it yet, but we should. It's Vince Young's birthday today. Man, happy birthday. To VY, the big, big the big four O, yeah, yeah, the big four O yep. for VY. And Jeff, I think it's one of the easiest discussions to have with Longhorn fans, but it's the one that makes him smile the most. Uh, just talking about his time at Texas, what you remember, 
Um, you're you're in a different discussion because not only are you a fan, you you know this, this is what you do for a living, and you're covering things on a very, a very close level. Is there a play? Is there a game? What do you think of when you think of VY? Uh, I think of there's there's a couple things. Like the first one I really think of was the Nebraska game, his redshirt freshman year, where Texas just thumped the absolute dog piss out of Nebraska, mm-hmm. which was a decent Nebraska team that year. That's still that's back when beating Nebraska still meant something. Uh, and there's a lot along the way that I think about, but I, I think about the national championship game and when they got down. 3826. I'm watching it. I'm watching it in an apartment. It's a big party. And there's some AM fans in the corner that are starting to gloat. Hmm. Like, oh yeah, well, T you got close. They ain't gonna win it. And uh, you know, some of my friends are they didn't have I got some other friends that are like OU fans, they don't have skin in the game. I'm like, dude, it's it's a really good season. I'm like, it's not over. I'm like, are you like what are you talking about? I was like, I just I've seen this before. Trust me, I don't think yeah. this is over. Right. And when they make that that fourth down stop, it's like everybody in the room, they're like, dude, they're going to score. They're, they cannot stop Vince Young. And it still might be the single most impressive championship game performance I've ever seen in any sport. Hmm. That's a, that's a for, any sport. Where for one night, for one night, I don't know that, I don't know that any, anybody could have done what Vince Young did. Plus, not too many people picked Texas to win that game, and yeah, I see it. There were a few that picked USC to win, yeah. There's a couple. Just a few. <laughs> Just a couple. Jeff, let me ask you this. What, back when he was getting recruited, who else was on the list? Like, was there any chance of him going anywhere else? Miami. Max seal it? Miami was there. Uh, Southern Miss was there. What? But he was a Brett Favre fan. So oh, Southern what? Most. Interesting. Uh, Arkansas also was they, on there. They needed a volleyball facility, <laughs> and Brett really. No, I'm sorry, that's not right. Uh, Arkansas was on there as well. Uh, but you know what's interesting, and people can go revisionist history about this. Like, oh yeah, they wanted Vy the whole time. Um, <laughs> they had a court. Texas had a quarterback commitment from a kid out of Paris named Billy Don Malone, who Greg Davis took early. Paris, Texas. Yeah. Ugh. And that sounds like a name from like Varsity oh, Blues. Billy, guy, Don, Billy, Billy Don, Don Malone. Malone. <laughs> and the guy that the guy on the staff that really just kept saying, No, I'm telling you, I don't care about Billy Don Malone. We need to get this kid was Tim Brewster. And Tim Brewster stood on the table for Vince Young and then it got to his senior year and then the, that year VY put together, that's about the time Greg Davis and Mac Brown started coming around saying, Oh, yeah, we we do need this kid. Like when he's when he's when he and, and Chad, one of your former former Aggie great Courtney Lewis, like when those guys were pretty much by themselves, mm-hmm. beating really good teams in the Houston area. That's when that Texas staff realized, like, oh yeah, we 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 gotta have this kid. That yeah, Mac- they won state in four A, right? No, they. I was got, gonna say they went all the way to like the semis or finals. They got beat by uh, was it? I forgot who beat them. Did Westlake beat them? Ugh. I think Westlake beat them, and then Westlake lost to Lufkin in the championship game, or maybe they were different divisions. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they got all the way to the title. They didn't there, get all. They didn't, I know they didn't get made the a title hell of a, made a hell of a run, no doubt. Happy birthday to Vince Young today. If you have any of your hell favorite. of a basketball player too, growing up in H Town, Vy was. was he really? That's how, like you asked Rod, like that's how everybody knew about Vy initially was uh, because he was a really good basketball player initially. Oh. 
Yeah, I remember after the career was over in Tennessee, hoop at Lifetime yeah, Fitness and give guys buckets. Text line. I thought I, I'd, I'd said that, and I didn't wasn't confident in myself. It was Westlake. Westlake, Westlake beat, took Westlake them out. Beat, yeah. Okay, because they beat North Shore the week before. But well, let me rephrase that. Vy beat North Shore the week before. <laughs> yeah. And then they lost to Westlake in the title game. And then Westlake lost to man, Chad. Why are we running out of Aggie Grace? They lost to Reggie McNeil and Lufkin. Well, in the you Astrodome. know, I mean, sometimes. You know what they need to do? They need to remake Blue Chips and just talk about Westlake in the 90s and how they were doing things (laughs) down there, how sketchy it was. I'd play somebody. Uh, That's for damn sure. There is somebody somebody to add to Zay's list now uh, that that Westlake team took Vince out. Uh, Zay, what's your Vince Young? When you think of it, you were telling me earlier, how old were you on the championship year? 14. Oh, that's a perfect age. Yeah. I was of legal drinking age uh, when that championship game happened. Okay. So, yes, I did go to Dirty Six when it was all said and done. Yeah. <laughs> so were Pete Carroll and Snoop Dogg, and they both drank heavily that night. Mm, tough. Yeah, first Vince Young moment was when the Horns got blasted by OU in the Cotton Bowl. Then Coach just put VY out there, and he had an amazing, like, 50-something yard run. They were already getting blasted, but it was like, okay, this guy's got something. Mm-hmm. And after that, the rest was history. Yeah, he came back. That, that would have been, what, 03? Is that the 03, 03. game? Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah the, can, the Kansas game in 04. Is there some of the Ohio State game where he throws the touchdown pass. They just got the hell beat out of him for four quarters and threw the touchdown pass to Lima Swede, the Oklahoma State game. There's so many, but I'll, I, the, the championship game deal is one of those I'll never forget sitting there and – Bunch of Aggies are giving me hell, and I'm like, it's it's not over yet. And was like, dude, yeah, right, whatever. This is this is done. One of the best parts of that game, everybody likes to, and rightfully so, everybody likes to get on Keith Jackson a little bit for his TV call because it 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 was just a little weird and dismissive of Texas. But the Fouts call was excellent to me. What Dan Fouts watched as he realized and watched Vince from the quarterback perspective, Dan Fouts communicated what you said earlier perfectly to everybody yeah. where it was like hey Keith I'm tell you what if they get this stop Pete look at Pete Carroll knows they're not stopping Vince Young and it just kept growing during the game and even though Keith was a little weird I thought Dan Fouts was excellent that I, I night think he Fouts fell at, in love Fouts at one point I think said is like what do what do you say he's like he's like I've never seen anything like this guy yeah Right, he just fell in love that night. Yeah. I loved that, that on national level, a lot of people that maybe hadn't watched as closely as we all did got to see that point. Uh, the play I like, I love to bring up with Vince is everybody always loved – there's so many easy ones to talk about, but to me it's the play right after Nick Reed that always impressed me. The Nick Reed 4th and 18 is an amazing play, but that rollout touchdown to, to Tony Jeffrey to Jeffrey in the front left, left pylon in the end zone – He's got to nail that throw. He's got no time there. If he misses it, it's a whole different story. And he nails that throw. Rolls left. It, it, nowadays, you'd think of Mahomes on that. But Vince rolls out left, turns his body, squares it perfectly, and he nailed that throw. And that's right after he had gone fourth and he went 22 on fourth and 18 or whatever. Yeah. Had to be a little gassed and nervous and freaked out. He didn't look like it, though. The, the USC game is so legendary, so good. People forget the Rose Bowl the previous year against Michigan. Oh, or dude, man. He, he yep. ran Michigan up and down the field that day. Vince Young versus Steve Breston. 
That's what that game was. Vince did it all for Texas. Breston damn near beat Texas just as a return guy. I cracked up a room full of half-hungover people on uh, New Year's Day. I'm like, dude, when you're breaking records, OJ set in the Rose Bowl, you had a pretty good day. <laughs> you are getting it done. There is no doubt about it. Happy birthday to Vince, 40 years old today. You remember that, that Chad, back in the day, you'd have that, the hungover viewing of the Cotton Bowl where it feels like it's 9 in the morning and you're still feeling it from New Year's Eve and... Just looking for something greasy to eat while the Cotton Bowl's coming on TV. Oh, it's yeah. probably raining in Dallas. Yeah. Always early. Those are uh, the days. Always those early days, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Jeff, we're 107 days away from Texas' first game in 2023. 107. 107 is the number today. Uh, give me your – where's your focus right now as we come out of the Houston event and Sark's been going around the state. Uh, obviously a lot of confidence around this team uh, as, they're, as they're closing in. I think it's really cool anytime you see – a coach that's going into year three. Craig and I talked about this today. You know, when you take over a program, the reason why a lot of coaches, even at Blue Blood programs, struggle in the first year is you're taking, and you see this a little less in the transfer portal era now, but you're taking somebody else's talent that fits somebody else's vision for how they want to win football games. And you've got to try to plug those pieces into your vision for winning football games. And we saw clearly there were not enough pieces. There was just, there was no continuity. Sark's first year. Everybody's just, I don't know. Everybody's just kind of walking around in a daze, right? Like just nothing made sense. Nothing fit. Your defensive staff was discombobulated. Everything. But I think now, the way I look at 2022 now, as we sit here in 2023, I'm like, you know, it, it, you can't call it a great year because like an eight, an eight win season in Texas is not a great year, but. I think we'll look back at that, and I'm looking back at it now. It's like it's a good year for growth. Like you saw positive steps, and when where that leads you to now is when Sark talks about, man, this looks like my team, this feels like my team, it sounds like my team. The question I've had is, okay, what does a Steve Sarkeesian football team look like to him? Like, what does it look like? Mm-hmm. And I asked him about that. He talked about it in San Antonio, and I asked him a little bit about it in Houston, and it's exactly where they're going, and, and you're seeing it. It's size and physicality along the lines of scrimmage, and elite speed and quickness on the outside. And that's what this team is built on. I mean, you look at, you know, their, Sark loves the big humans theory, and we've talked about it. Like, that stems from his time in the NFL where the Falcons had a really light offensive line, and he just was done, said if he could do it again, didn't want to walk into stadiums and get bullied. So they want to recruit big people, but they've been able to recruit big people that can move, uh, big people that are athletic, big people that have position versatility. So you like that. And... You know, with adding A.D. Mitchell, you're getting Isaiah Nayer back. You'll have plenty of speed on the outside. So it's, it, to me, it's kind of cool just to see Sark's vision and this roster both coming together right at the same time where you look at the landscape of the Big 12. I don't feel out of pocket saying Texas looks like the favorite to win the Big 12 this year. Whereas in years past, I would have been very hesitant to go there. Be, and pro, part of that has to do with Oklahoma now isn't what Oklahoma was under Lincoln Riley or Bob Stoops. So... Yeah, all, everything is lining up for Texas to be really good, but I think a lot of that has to do with Sark's vision and the roster and staff continuity. Basically, a lot of stuff this program has been missing for the last 12 years, it feels like it's there. 
Yeah, it's definitely exciting, Jeff. I know you've seen the video of Isaiah Nayor just working out and the picture of Xavier Worthy going crazy on mm-hmm. that just skyrocket-ass catch. Swiping a nickel off the backboard. Oh, yeah. stupid. Absolutely stupid. We but... can confirm that's a real picture, right? There was no doctored work on that. Oh, yeah. That's real, baby. That's yeah, real. That was impressive. So let's go to this basketball team of Coach Terry and them. And we talked last week, you and I, off air about Tyrese Hunter making a decision anytime soon. And we still haven't heard word on Tyrese. He's not in Chicago like Dylan Mitchell working right. out at the Combine. So where are we at with Tyrese Hunter? I'm still expecting him to come back. He's got until the end of the month to play this thing out and you know do whatever he wants to do. I, I don't know if he's working out for teams right now or what, but uh, and a lot of the NBA personnel is at the Combine anyway. Uh, I'm expecting him to come back. I believe the staff expects him to come back. Uh, it's just a matter of when. When is he going to announce something? At this point, I, I I don't know if he's gonna get if he were to get drafted, maybe late in the second round. Uh, you know, I, but I don't know. I wouldn't feel com- if I was Tyrese Hunter, I would not feel confident about getting drafted. I think based on the parameters, I was told for what it would take him, take for him to to not come back and to stay in the draft. Those parameters aren't going to be met in terms of where he would be selected. So I think it's a matter of not if, but when he makes that announcement that he's he's going to come back. I, I would not lose sleep over over Tyrese Hunter not coming back. At the same time, I would tell a Texas fan, don't hold your breath on Dylan Mitchell coming back. He looks good in this combine right now. That and, jumper looks good. Where was that all year, and, uh, and, Jeff? Well, but here's my thing with that, though. Like, If you give him shots, knowing that Marcus Carr needs his shots and Jabari Rice needs his shots, you found something with Dylan DeSue late in the year, Arterio Morris and Brock Cunningham are coming off the bench. They need shots. Who's, who are you taking shots away from to give Dylan Mitchell a few more perimeter shots? And plus, with the makeup of this team, that's not how he was best used. I mean, he was best used as a as a rim runner, a guy that could catch lobs, high percentage shots around the basket. So it's just one of those unfortunate deals. That it's not it's not all that different. Like you go, everybody knows PJ Tucker is a a really good three point shooter now in his career. Go back and look at PJ's numbers at Texas. I think he attempted something like 18 threes the entire time he was at Texas. Oh, he didn't shoot the three. Yeah, did not shoot the three. So it's gonna be, it's just one of those deals that, uh, and and this is the deal with recruiting one and done type freshmen. You know they are gonna play their best basketball not for you but for somebody else in the league if they hit that ceiling. Right. One more quick one, Jeff. Staying with basketball, from what you have seen and heard from Rodney Terry. On the this trips, everybody's focused on Sark, obviously. But mm-hmm. from Rodney Terry, um, where do you think his comfortability level is on this world he's got to live in right now? We obviously we haven't seen him coach a full season mm-hmm. yet after after getting the gig and everything. But he's got to deal with so much and these guys, you know, changing their minds and commitments and transfers and all this stuff. How comfortable does RT look to you right now? I, I think he's got his head wrapped around the kind of fit that they want from a culture standpoint, a personality standpoint at Texas. In other words. And I see a question on Specs text line about Ron Holland. If Ron Holland goes to college, it's not going to be at Texas. Uh, you can only promise guys so much before you say, hey, we've told you about everything we can do in terms of giving you whatever assurances we feel comfortable giving you. Um, if that's not good enough, then you know, you're free, free to look elsewhere. You know, that's basically what happened with Arterio Morris. In a nutshell, that's the situation with with Ron Holland, and they're just RT's not going to get himself in a bind making promises to high level recruits that he knows a lot of coach and a lot of coaches would know that you can't keep. Now, some coaches will do that and then flip the script when guys get to campus. RT's just not going to do that, uh, but they feel like they're recruiting the right guys. Uh, they, the, Kate, look, and I'm 
it's not lip service. I mean, I talked to people inside, and from the time the season ended and these guys went in the portal, Max Aismas and Caden Shedrick were their top two targets in the portal, period, end of story. Uh, and they're the type of guys that look, no matter what the rest of the roster looks like, you take those two guys and figure it out. Like they're that good. So they got their top two portal guys. They really felt like they got it. And it was funny. I was asking RT the other night about Kendall Weaver. He said he and Chris Beard, because Mansfield Timberview played in a state tournament, he and Chris Beard watched Kendall Weaver during uh, his senior year and felt like, man, he'd be a really intriguing developmental guard. They just didn't have room to add a developmental guard on scholarship at that point. So it's one of those deals. You watch him and then track him, and then he goes in the portal. Boom, it's a no-brainer. He recruited Zarek and Yemma at, uh, at UTEP, and those guys are going to be role players this year. So they're still looking to add a couple of pieces. I think uh, you know probably a, a wing-type player, a guard with some length, another shooter. I think those are some of the boxes they would want to check. But to answer the question, Chad, I think RT's just comfortable with understanding, look, these are the types of guys you you're going to get talented players at Texas, and they feel like they're in a good position with you know, like Trey Johnson in the 2024 class, the number one recruit in the country out of Lake Highlands, is a really good guard, uh, and some other five star guys. So they're not going to stop recruiting five stars, but I think RT feels really comfortable about these are the types of guys from a personality and culture standpoint that I want in my program because I feel like I can win games. These guys won't disrupt anything, and and they'll be really productive players. Even if that means those that those parameters mean that might cost you a kid who might be a little bit more talented, you're still he still feels like they're going to get really good players that fit what they do and that's going to allow them to compete night in night out. That is Jeff Howe. Check out Horns247.com. All the great stuff they've got for you, not only with Texas basketball coming next season, with Texas football coming in a little over 100 days, but the big baseball series, Texas and West Virginia, 630 tonight is game one. We'll have it for you right here on The Horn. Also, uh, Longhorn Blitz podcast. If you haven't checked it out, Longhorn Football Freaks, get it wherever you get your podcast. Because of that baseball game tonight, it will not be on air tonight, but go check it out with uh, where you get your podcast. Yep, we could have heard it last night on The Horn, but yeah, get it anywhere you yep. get your podcast. Always good football discussion with myself and Matt Butler and Rod Babers and you know a lot of like we're 107 days really? 107. How close we are? Uh, get over to Horns 24-7. We've got the insider posted, a lot of other good stuff. If you want to throw me a bone personally I've done a lot of work the last two weeks on some back-end stuff, some database stuff, so if you want to go take a look at that nice scholarship distribution chart for football that I've built out I would greatly appreciate a few page views there. There so, you go. Now, if you go look at the basketball scholarship chart, that thing it's uh it's a little sparse right now. <laughs> it's a little sparse. Some more, some some pieces need to be filled in, but uh, no, it's uh, a lot of good stuff there on the side. And the twenty four seven Sports Network, our our national guys do a really good job too. Yo, yo Jeff, you talk about the horns needing a wing player. I saw Tennessee former Tennessee wing Julian Phillips. If the NBA doesn't work out for him. The horns are looking at him a little bit. I think. Uh, yes, but I, I I feel like at this point he's more likely to stay in the draft. Yeah, he's good. Uh, if he does, though, Arthur Kaluma Creighton could be an option. If Kaluma Ooh. doesn't, if Kaluma doesn't stay in the draft, I think he's more likely to go back to college. He's in the portal. If, if after the end of the month, after the deadline, if Kaluma's available uh, and and Phillips is off the table, I would expect Texas to to make a run at Kaluma. Right That'd be now. a good get because he was kind of a stretch four for uh, McDermott over at Creighton. Yeah. I think if he comes here, he'd be more of a three small forward type, and I think that fits him better than what he was at Creighton. That, that you know, the, that role Timmy Allen played yes, a little bit. Yeah. absolutely. If you're on Twitter, you want to give Jeff a follow at Jeff Howe 247. Always good to see you, sir. Yep. Be, ca- uh, was, be careful. A- so there. AEW treated you well last night? AEW was, was definitely good. I enjoyed it. Good stuff. Chris Jericho still Chris Jericho.
You didn't. Nobody Goat. got close to you in a no holds barred match. Didn't get any blood splattered on you. Or no, we were a little disappointed. That, you know, the road. It was one of. The, it's that luck where that's the next. The, that next aisle always gets the action, and you don't get the action. So no, I didn't get any blood on me. Unfortunately. And hey, for all the Spurs fans hitting up the Specs text line, just uh, let you guys know: no Spurs, no is how I live my life. So. <laughs> there you go. Just fire them up and then leave. That's the way it works. Let you guys deal with Thank that. Thank you blowback. so much, Jeff. That is Jeff Howe coming up next. Your uh, our flex segment. More offers from Flex guys around the area coming in. And that 7-on-7 event going on at Lake Travis. We'll tell you some of the teams that will be there on Saturday morning. Stay with us. It's the Horn. All right, rolling through a Thursday. Interesting. What's the song called? Not Fragile. <laughs> Not Fragile. Not, Not Fragile. fragile. <laughs> <laughs> it almost, yeah. It, oh, man. It sounds a little harder than, than like Meatloaf, but Meatloaf is the only thing that pops in my head. It's just too hard for Meatloaf. Yeah, it's hard to understand the lyrics, but if you listen closely, you can hear, We're not like Anthony Davis. Not fragile. <laughs> not fragile. All right, who is it? Botchman Turner Overdrive. Ah, uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive. BTO. Bachman Turner Overdrive. Wow, I didn't realize BTO got this heavy. Good for them. Not fragile. You mean like D'Angelo Russell's psyche going into tonight? <laughs> Not <laughs> fragile. We're going to see if that's a real thing tonight. Oh, the the stories around D'Angelo Russell and the Lakers are that he does not want to be a bench guy. He wants to be a starter. And if he's not a starter, he could freak out. Yeah, he looks at it as a demotion. Yes, it would be seen as a demotion in the playoffs where we've actually seen, uh, of all people, Draymond Green select uh, select suggest that he should come off the bench, and it worked, by the way. Yeah, because Draymond Green is the greatest role player of all time. Like, he's going to get to the Hall of Fame as a role player, uh-huh. like guys like Rodman and stuff like that. So he's not a superstar. He needs Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. So he understood early, and also being a Tom Izzo guy, Tom Izzo, he'll make you understand. Once you get to Michigan State, if you're not here for the team, you better get in the transfer portal. Right. So those guys, they understand. D'Angelo Russell was always that big-time player coming out Mount Verde, which is – Basically, the blue blood of high school basketball. It's mm-hmm. right there with Oak Hill, guys like Ben Simmons and R.J. Barrett and, you know, Dylan Mitchell. No wonder Dylan Mitchell's looking at the NBA because that's what he knows. He went to Mount Verde. He sees those guys that I just named. He said, mm-hmm. that's the path. If you're a big-time five-star player and you go to Mount Verde, you go to college for one year, and you go to the league like the rest of those guys that did that. D'Angelo Russell, he's one of those guys. Number two pick in the draft. His expectation is, I ain't no role player. I'm a starter. I'll figure it out. Let me figure it out. And sometimes it's just not the case. D'Angelo is USC? 
No. Ohio State. Ohio State. Ohio yeah, State. okay. Mm-hmm. Had that one wrong. Uh, tonight, we'll see what the Lakers decide to do. They are trying to steal a game in Denver, and that is a 7.30 start on ESPN. All right, let's get you a little flex segment here, 7-on-7 seven seven this weekend, and some more offers to talk about. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, uh, Zay, I'm trying to put my plan together for Saturday morning. If I can get over to Lake Travis for the 7-on-7, I'm trying to plan out different teams I want to see. You can go to flxatx.com, at flexatx on socials, to find that full schedule. Games are at 8.30 in the morning, 9.15 in the morning, and 10 in the morning. So you're done. Even if you stay all the way through the championship, which I did last year, I think that only takes you through It's around noon. So twelve o'clock hour or something like that. Um, the quarter, fi- uh, the qualifying round, those semifinals are at eleven. So maybe it's more like eh, twelve to one or something like that. Uh, but it does not take all day, and it's a lot of fun to see. So I'm thinking my game one is probably going to be Westlake and Dripping Springs because then I'll get a good, I'll get a look at what Westlake's got. But then also the replacement for Austin Novosad, I'm assuming, is going to be involved. Yeah, in the Dripping Springs, Some big deal. shoes to fill. Yeah, that's on field number five um, at eight thirty. Uh, in the nine fifteen slot, I'm kind of leaning towards Vandergrift and San Marcos because they're on field eight, and right next to them on field seven, Zay, your Bowie Bulldogs and Westwood. Let's get it. So I'm thinking maybe I can take a look at all those kind of at the same time. Is San Marcos still on probation? They should be off, right? I think so. I think so. Yeah, because they were blue chipping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, it's now a verb. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's what I understand now because I've seen the movie. Yeah. And then I, I I think I've locked in my game number three at 10 a.m. on Saturday, Hutto Bastrop. Because on the Hutto side, we get to see Hammond, uh, Alex Green, the talented receiver who's been on the Flex show and uh, who, who posts a lot of stuff on Flex. We're actually going to mention him with some offers here. And then Bastrop with Quintalen Joyner as their quarterback now. They've had they've already had some receiving talent out there, and they just lost the quarterback. Oh, I'm gonna lose his name. Um, that was yeah, he went D one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was mm-hmm. it Mauser? Seth I'll... Seth Mauser wasn't that his name? I don't ask me. You and tough. UTEP, I think. I think that's right. Yeah, I know he did with D one. A lot of kids to keep up with. Right. Um, but Hutto and Bastrop, I think that's what I'm gonna do for that third game. So check out the schedule there, Lake Travis. It's Saturday morning. If you are a Westlake fan and want to go check out their spring game, it's this afternoon at five o'clock. So get your excuses together to get out of the office early if you need to. Five o'clock, Westlake spring game and those baseball series fire up game one at concordia for lake travis and san antonio johnson game one at round rock for round rock and westlake and mr sakura scheduled to be on the hill for round rock that's gonna be a fun series all that going on plus we have some offers to get to i mentioned alex green Zay of uh, of Hutto, the talented receiver, he has gotten. He must be a terrible student. He's gotten offers from Columbia and Penn. <laughs> Damn, dude, what must that be like? You've got that kind of an education in your pocket, if you like. Good for you, young man. Yeah, that's awesome. Smart guy. Alex Green's got that offer. Uh, the talented offensive lineman from Lake Travis, Orotokai, that we talked about, he got an offer from Columbia and Texas State. Nico Hamilton, 
Related to our Mike Hart, they are cousins. Nico, the running back. Ken Folk. Ken Folk from Lake Travis. Yeah, I don't even know if they related. They're just tight, and black folks just say Ken Folk. They just claim one another. Nico got an offer from Columbia. Okay. As well. Good for him. Uh, also, Columbia Columbia's offering a lot of local guys. Luke Miller. They- Big offensive lineman out of Round Rock, Zay. He got an offer from Columbia and Holy Cross. So Columbia loves coming down here. A couple of Bowie guys have been up to Columbia. Uh, I know my man Josh has been up there. Yeah. Josh has like three names. It's hard to remember. I'm sorry, Josh. I'm botching your name right now. But he went up there. And then Wainwright. One of the Wainwrights went there. Or the young, Well, I know Philip Wainwright. He graduated around my class, but he has a younger brother that went to Columbia and played football. So okay. they love coming down to this area and getting those guys to go up to Manhattan. Very, very cool. All right, so um, congrats to all those guys for offers. One other name to throw out. We've mentioned uh, Quintalen Joyner going from Maynard to Bastrop, but the Maynard name we may need to learn is Jason Zardavets. Z-A-R-D-A-V-E-T-S. He posted that he's gotten an offer from Arkansas Pine Bluff. He is 6'4", listed at 6'4", 195. He is a class of 24 guy, so I think he's been at Maynard. I'm, I'm looking at videos today. He was like a backup at Maynard, biding his time. And Zay, 6'4", can sling it a little bit. That Maynard offense may be changing this year with the other joiner. Well, one joiner goes to Bastrop. The other's going to USC. So that offense may go through a little bit of a change. They may be throwing it around a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, and that's different. Guys that haven't taken the snap yet or haven't taken many snaps and Mm -hmm. we're backing up other guys getting offers. Like, that's where we are. And like you said, him being 6'4", he's very intriguing as a prospect. So Arkansas Pine Bluff, them getting in early, we always talk about those guys when you get recruited early, that first person to give you an offer, there's something special about it. You know, you kind of just feel like you owe it to them. Like, oh, they were with me when other people didn't think I was that good. And then I become good right. and all these other guys want to get me. Maybe it's too late. So Arkansas Pine Bluff, this is very interesting, but I feel it. I dig it. Pine Bluff's got one of my favorite logos uh, at that level. That big old lion logo they have. The looks like the lions getting getting the hair, the, the mane, uh-huh. blow you know, in a blow dryer or something. Love that logo. Uh, so, congrats to Jason for that. It's a name we'll look for. Go look at some videos. Flex ATX on your socials. There's some videos he's posted there that Flex has retweeted. It's got uh, it's got a pretty pretty good arm in terms of being able to control things that you know the mid range area, 10, 15 yard routes. There's a nice one way you know. Down the sideline, he's a he's a pretty effortless thrower. Yeah. By the way, shout out to our guy Nolan Hogan, the seed of E. Hogan. Yes. He said Mauser is correct from Bastrop. Hey, I did. I did get it right. Got it right. How about that? Look at that. I can remember some names. All right. There's your flex segment. We do it at one thirty every day. Up next, it is where we at in society with Zay, and then it's movie swap time at two o five. We'll talk movies. I have now seen Blue Chips. Zay has now seen a few good men. We'll see if he can handle the truth. And if I can handle Penny Hardaway's acting, that's coming up on The Horn. Chad and Zay. Come on now. 
<laughs> wow. Um, what's it called? Resurrection Shuffle. Resurrection Shuffle. A band or an individual's name? Individual. Um, man, it's a great voice. Should I know this? I don't know. He's definitely going in, though. Oh, no, he is. He's really, really good. Nah, I don't have a guess. What do you got? Tom Jones. Wow. That's Tom Jones. That's Tom Jones. Okay. Like, it's not unusual to be loved by anyone, Tom Jones? That Tom Jones? I guess, yeah. Like, for people that love the Fresh Prince, you know, Carlton, doing the Carlton dance. Oh, yeah. That song. It's not, not unusual. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess uh, so. Uh, all right, Tom. That's a guy I would have loved to have seen in Vegas during the prime. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Tom may still be out there hitting Vegas, but man, that had to be a hell of a show. Because this has got a little of everything in it. There's I mean, with your track record, you don't got much time left. There's a lot. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> I am not trying to get rid of Tom Jones. Come on now. Tom Jones, BTO, Marianne Faithful, and somehow I knew it was her, and Pink Floyd on the show today. We're talking movies at 2.05, a, little, uh, a Few Good Men, and Blue Chips. Found out a little bit about each of those movies that I didn't know. And Zay was able to identify the actor that's in both movies. It's interesting the roles he plays in both movies. We'll get to that coming up at 2.05. Reminder, Texas baseball tonight at 6.30. And as we check the leaderboard at the PGA, the lead is uh, at minus three now, and Scotty Scheffler is one of those. Keegan Bradley also in a group at minus three. We will keep you up to date on that. Right now, it's where we at in society with Zay. Let's see where we're going. Where are we at in society today? All righty. Zay, do I need to be checking Twitter? What's going on? Yeah, I'm a little late. I just sent it. Check it out. Okay. All right. So I just love pettiness. Y'all know that. That's <laughs> you do a big part of this yeah. segment. And there's a lot of NBA pettiness going around. So just to paint the picture, J.R. Smith was on <laughs> J.J. Reddick's oh, podcast oh not too God. long ago. And he said these things about his former coach. People take a listen. Like, seriously, we didn't have one out-of-bounds play my whole time playing for this man. If you go back to that Lakers series, we lose. We lose on three out-of-bounds plays. Trevor Reza steals all of them, and we lose. It's like, how do you can, like, I don't know. So, he is referring to George Carl. Okay. Former Supersonics coach, which is why I was thinking about the Supersonics yesterday when I was mentioning Russell Wilson and got the Seahawks and Supersonics confused because I was thinking about this story. Got you. So, former Supersonics Nuggets coach George Carl, J.R. Smith is talking about him, just basically saying they didn't run nothing, basically calling them out, saying that he's not the best coach, and he's not the first one to throw George Carl under the bus. Well... George Carl, as petty as he is, which he's a petty guy. If you follow George Carl on Twitter, he is not afraid to say some things, and he was not afraid to comment on J.R. Smith. He says, I am happy for at the real J.R. Smith, is whatever Twitter handle is, these days with his education, golf, etc., and he's the second best athlete I've ever coached after Sean, which I guess he's saying Sean Kemp. Sure. Which is, wow, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Definitely coached some athletes. He also goes on to say, 
Read out-of-bounds plays. I'm not sure JR was smoking. Well, <laughs> out-of-bounds plays. I'm sure JR was smoking weed when we practiced. <laughs> practiced them, but it's 15 years ago, so let's just celebrate and move forward. That's a great response. That is a great response. Oh, my God. He also showed on his Twitter how J.R. Smith has blocked him. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. yeah. That is a shame. I mean, he probably was high, but still, I'm pretty sure you could remember if y'all were running plays or not. Somebody lying here. Yeah, right. Um, I think it's probably – there's probably a little bit of both going on there. I would say George Carl's probably not the most detail-oriented – out of bounds, you know, uh, special teams play calling coach in basketball, and J.R. Smith probably has smoked pot in his life, and may have smoked pot while he was playing for George Carl, especially at Denver. Yes, the first state to legalize that thing, basically. So yeah, absolutely, I, he's definitely smoking a little gudge. And you know, George Carl, he hates on those Nuggets teams a lot. He talks about Carmelo Anthony wasn't in the right shape, which. Probably true and stuff, but oh god, I forgot he coached Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, he coached what Carmelo. That terrible, is. terrible. They used to butt heads all the time. The coach that doesn't care about details and a player that doesn't care about anybody else. Yeah, doesn't care about defense, anything. And yeah, right. Was one of those guys that during the end of his career did not like that he was coming off the bench and bitched about it oh, a lot. Yeah. D'Angelo Russell. Yep. But yeah, man, I. It's interesting. I hate when coaches do this because we know there are players that aren't going to be the bigger men. We know J.R. Smith is a character, goes back to his days in New Orleans when he was button heads with Chris Paul. Then he goes out to Denver, didn't work out there. And then you remember what happened with the Cavaliers and him not realizing that, oh, the time's clicking. Maybe I should shoot it or do something with it. Oh, no, time runs out, and they end up getting swept by the Warriors, and that completely changed the whole series. And it didn't matter that LeBron dropped like 56, 12, and 10 that game. Mm-hmm. You know, J.R. Smith, he has his moments, but he's kind of changed this later part of his life. We saw him go back to college, North Carolina A&T. He has a little documentary about it on Amazon Prime, which Maverick Carter and LeBron James are the producers of the show. And... He was a college student. He didn't act like he was a former NBA player that's made hundreds of millions of dollars. He acted like he was a college student, and I marvel him for that. So I don't like Coach Carl doing this. George Carl, I've never really liked Coach Carl. He's just kind of slimy just for things like this. You hear about the story of Michael Jordan seeing him during the 96 finals and George Carl being a North Carolina guy. Him and Jordan have that you know, they can relate to the the, the Chapel Hill days and hanging out with Dean Smith and stuff. And George Carl didn't even acknowledge him. And it pissed Jordan off. Like, why wouldn't you acknowledge him? Just say what's up. You don't have to have a conversation. I get it. He's the enemy. You don't have to have a conversation. Just don't piss off the man. It's Michael Jordan. I'd be like, hey, hey, Mike, how you doing, man? Let me shine your shoes for you. I'd be doing anything. If I had to go against Michael Jordan, I would do anything I can to be and a good grace with him because I know he's a straight-up killer. I'm not going to give him more ammo, Chad. I'd have offered him a drink from my glass. Yeah! You thirsty? If he wanted it. Hey, Mike, this steak's (laughs) incredible. Do you want a bite? Do you want? I mean, come on. Yeah, talk to him about things he likes. Like, hey, Mike, what's the parlay looking like tonight? (laughs) Oh, God.
What, what, where's the underground poker game at tonight? I, I roll with. I'd I roll with. I personally would have asked about golf, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> Where are you playing golf tomorrow? What's, Just anything relatable. You know Mike's eyes would have yeah. perked up when he heard that. That's true. Actually, Mike would have taken it as some – he'd have made it into something if you ask him about golf. Oh, he thinks I'm not focused. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, he would have flipped it. You're right. Just say he hi. He would have flipped it. Just say hi. Yeah, but uh, I hate when coaches do this, man. It's it's weak. It is very petty. It is very petty. Interesting. We'll go back to, to blue chips, which we're about to discuss right there on the wall. They had the message about whatever is said here, you leave it here when you leave here. Mm. George Carl didn't pay attention. No. J.R. Smith didn't pay attention because both of them kind of are doing that. They're breaking the rules. Yeah, and I get it, George Carl. Like, you're in your feelings because you never won a ring and you want to be considered a good coach and you've had really good teams and you almost got to the, you know, over the top, over the mountaintop, and you could never get it done. And J.R. Smith ain't the only one that didn't approve of your coaching tactics and your philosophy. Yeah. He ain't the only one. So get out your feelings. Be the better man. I like being the. I like the petty stuff. I'm glad we're talking about it. But let Jr. Smith be the petty one. Yeah, I was gonna say the pettiness feeds right into what you love. Yeah, you love this stuff. Yeah, have, but it also makes me call you classless. Too. Have, have you ever been a part of a Twitter feud? No. Twitter fight, Twitter whatever it is. Nah, I don't get into those. No, nah, I don't either. No. Remember, I talked about Billy and his wife a couple of weeks ago. I'll bring it on air. You did do that. I bring it on air. If yeah, you're willing right. to go at me on Twitter, all right, cool. I'm going to talk about you, you on air. You'll come here uh-huh, and not, yep, mm-hmm. you don't want to do the typing version. No, nuh-uh. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> You've all been warned. Shout out to Billy, man. I hope you're doing good. Shout and out. And your wife. Hope y'all both doing well. Shout out to Billy and Mrs. Billy. Two the neck roll's still on, by the way. <laughs> neck roll's still in effect. <laughs> 2 o'clock hour coming up. We'll start with the movie swap, blue chips, and a few good men. Why today matters? Well, it's Vince's birthday to start with. We'll hit a couple others. Vince uh, turning 40, though, will be a big focus of it. If you want to text us your favorite Vince Young moments, we know a few of them, uh, but if there's some that maybe people aren't thinking about, let us know. Specs text line 337-3776. More coming up on The Horn.